Welcome, family and friends. Any first-time visitors? Anyone who decided to just get out of the rain? I'm glad you're here. Aren't we blessed to have a facility like this to, to gather in? Nice, comfortable pews. I hope everybody's comfortable. Might take a while. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll use the sweet and condensed version. But by the time I'm done with this message, you still might, some of you still might be a bit uncomfortable. And I'm speaking for myself also, and I probably got a head start on most of you. So let me call on the Lord for his comfort and the presence of guidance of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for each and everyone here today. You have gathered us for a purpose, a part of your good and perfect plan for our lives. Lord, I ask that you remove the foster grants from our eyes, the beat buds from our ears, and a lock on our hearts, that we may devote our all to what your Holy Spirit has for us today. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. So before I continue, uh, let us hear from God's living word. Uh, our text today is James 1, 16 to 25. James, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you, Michael. The giver, the gift, and thee. How many of you remember that first great gift you got as a child? I mean, the one that you thought there was nothing like it. One you might have been asking for or not. But there it was. Well, for me, it was when I was nine years old. My aunt gave me a fly rod for Christmas. Now, I didn't know the difference between a fly rod and fly paper. But what I knew is I had me a fishing pole. And it was a beauty. It was an octagon-shaped solid bamboo, mahogany finish with red and green thread wrapping the eyelets. It had two replaceable uh, tips. Didn't much matter because... I broke them both. It was twice my height, but that wasn't of any concern because most of the time it just laid on the dock beside me as I used the line hand over hand. But it was a great gift. Pretty soon the thread unraveled and eyelets bent. The pole got shorter. But that just made it easier for trekking through the brush up and down Blackjack Creek. Yep, I used and abused that gift until it was 
just the reel in my pocket. Ah, but it was good and perfect until the next good gift came along. Now, I don't know what your first great gift was. Maybe a fishing pole like me or a three-speed bicycle. Yeah, for you kids, it didn't go from zero to ten speed. Possibly it was a remote-controlled car. But for you ladies out there, maybe it was your first Barbie doll with all the accessories or an easy-bake oven or a fishing pole like me. Regardless, I would imagine that you used the gift passionately until the gears stripped, the batteries wore out, your little brother cut Barbie's hair off, or you ran out of cake mixes, or until the next good gift came along. And like me, you stored the used and or broken one on the shelf or in the closet. Maybe they didn't wear out. Maybe they just didn't work the way you expected they should. Maybe the accessories or the instructions that came with it just complicated things for you and me. I would imagine, like me, throughout your life, you have received many good gifts. I don't believe we really looked at all of them as coming from God, but our text tells us differently. As we look at verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, it's obvious who the giver, the Father of lights, is, as we're told in Genesis 1.16. So God made the, the two large lights. He made the larger light to rule during the day and the smaller light to rule during the night. He also made the stars. Are the gifts I've spoken of thus far the ones referred to in today's text? Perhaps. I do believe that our God and Father in heaven, the giver of all good gifts, lavishes us with these gifts and many others. But most of these are given indirectly through his version of FedEx, UPS, or Amazon, better known as Mom, Dad, Auntie, Grams. You get the picture. There's one gift, though, that I received when I was 30 years old. It wasn't Christmas or my birthday or any other special occasion. In fact, it was probably one of the lowest points of my life. There was no doubt where this gift came from. It was supernatural. No one I know could or would afford this for me. I believe this is the gift the giver is giving in our text in verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now in the Gospel of John, it starts out, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This gift wasn't given wrapped in shiny paper with fancy ribbons and bows. This gift was given wrapped in humility, shame, persecution. The only ribbons were the ribbons of torn flesh across his back. The only bow, a crown of thorns upon his head. This gift was not given under a tree. This gift was nailed to a tree, much like the one behind me. This gift was the giver's. God's sacrifice of his one and only good and perfect son, Jesus Christ, 
for the atonement of my sin, past, present, and future. This gift wasn't just given to me. It's offered to you and to you and to everyone you know. This is a gift of undeserved love, grace, and mercy. This gift comes with a promise of eternity, with the giver, God the Father Almighty, when we leave this earth. You can't wear this gift out. But most important, through our acceptance of this gift and our faith in the atoning sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, it restores our relationship with the giver. The relationship with God that was lost in the garden by Adam and Eve. The very relationship that God created us for. It's not just a ticket into heaven. Something we put on the shelf until needed. It is a gift of a relationship, a daily walk with God, the giver of all good and perfect things. The gift doesn't come with batteries. It's not AC, DC. It doesn't require a USB. This gift is all-powerful. The gift comes with the most comprehensive instruction manual you could imagine. 66 books of God's living word. Instructions for every aspect and challenge in your life. It covers health, government, science, economics, marriage, psychology, biology, sociology, grief, love, raising a family. And if you're having trouble understanding the instructions, it comes with the Holy Spirit to interpret for you. This gift comes with a bundle of accessories listed throughout the instructions. Just to name a couple, prayer, the ability to talk directly and transparently to the giver through the gift. The accessory of one another. For gathering together in worship and praise of our gift and the giver. To hold one another accountable. To encourage one another. For you brothers and sisters listening to this from home, I miss seeing you here. I am encouraged greatly when you come walking through the door. There's no product registration for this gift. Only that you acknowledge the need for a Savior for the atonement of your sins. Repentance and submission to the will of God. Oh, maybe that's where this gift gets a bit uncomfortable. I know in the 36 years since I've received this gift, there has been a time or two, conservatively speaking, where I've set the gift on the shelf over that submitting my will to the giver's will thing. So what does submitting our will to the will of God mean to me and thee? For starters, I know what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean you can pick all the fruit you want from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as shown to us in Genesis 2.17. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So let me back up just a little to clarify why we were created by God and His will for us. Let's go back to the instruction manual. Genesis 1.26-31 Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over all the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. Family, God created us to glorify him. He created us in his image. The giver granted Adam with good and perfect gifts right from the word go. God gave them everything they needed to survive and serve him with only one instruction. Verse 28, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and all of the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. In other words, the gift came with responsibility. Tend my garden. And there was only one rule to follow. Do not eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We all know how that turned out, as Pastor Chad diligently led us through Genesis up to the flood. Throughout the instruction manual, we are continually given guidance on how to tend his garden. Why Jesus himself instructs on sowing seed and how to weed. Yes, the gift followed the guidance from the giver and passed it on to his disciples. Tend my garden. Or as stated in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. All that he had commanded them, was summed up back in Matthew 22, 37-40, when he answered the Sadducees' question of which is the greatest commandment. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, depend all the law and the prophets. If it's still not clear to you what submitting our will to the will of God is for thee, let me fast forward to the year 1607 and maybe paint a picture for you. Pastor Robert Hunt led an expedition from England to this land. When they landed at Virginia Beach, they planted a cross that they had brought from England. In the following prayer, they dedicated this country, America, to the glory of God. We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
and to raise up godly generations after us. And with these generations, take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as this earth remains. And may this land, along with England, be evangelist to the world. May all who see this cross remember what we have done here. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant and in this most noble work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. They knew the giver and had accepted his good and perfect gift and the responsibility that came with it. They were tending his garden. 169 years later, the framers of the Declaration of Independence realized the gift that they had received and who the giver was as they penned the document to declare our nation's independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Family, our forefathers incorporated their belief and acceptance of the gift of the gospel into this document, the Declaration of Independence, our life created by God, the giver of all good and perfect gifts, our liberty, the freedom from sin and death granted to us by the acceptance of the good and perfect gift, the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ, on a cross for the atonement of our sins, our pursuit of happiness in the joy we share in knowing that we will spend an eternity in the presence of the one true God. What a gift our gracious God, the giver of all good things, has bestowed upon us. Amen? Let me try to bring this home. Here we are, 245 years after the signing of the Declaration, 415 years since the Covenant of 1607. I don't know exactly how many generations that is, but the question I have is, are we tending his garden? Have you turned the will of your life over to the will of God? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, he loves you and you and everyone in here. A gift none of us deserve but is freely given. Are you using this good and perfect gift? Or is it sitting on the shelf? We are to be employing it in all aspects of our life. The instruction manual is clear. Luke 12, 48 tells us, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Brothers and sisters, there's a battle going on in this world. I don't mean between Democrats and Republicans, masked and unmasked, Vaxxed or not vaxxed, white or color. It's a battle between powers and principalities, right and wrong. A battle between good and evil, moral and immoral. The measuring stick isn't in my hand, or yours, or the world's. It's in the hands of the giver. It's in the hands of the gift, Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God. It's documented in the instruction manual. 
Are we tending his garden with it? We are the watchmen on the garden wall. The book of Ezekiel tells us the watchmen had great responsibility. They were to sound the alarm if they seen the enemy coming. And if they sounded the alarm and the people didn't adhere to the alarm, didn't take note of the alarm, the consequence was on the people. But if the watchman was asleep on the wall, failed to sound the alarm, the shed blood was on his hands. We're not just to be called to be watchmen on a wall around our homes, but around our children's schools, around this building, around our city, county, state, and federal governments. We're to pray unceasingly throughout the garden. We are to share the gift in all aspects of our day, at work, at play, at the grocery store, the bank, the voting booth. Now, family, I spoke of the giver, the father of lights, the bestower of every good and perfect gift, the most gracious gift of all, the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ, on our behalf, that we might live righteously through him. So now, what about thee? I draw your attention back to the last four verses of our text. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Crossway? Are we a hearer or a doer? Have you accepted the giver's good and perfect gift? Are you tending his garden with it? Or have you placed it on the shelf? It's up to thee. Let's pray. Before I close, I feel a need to tend this, his garden. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe there's someone here who hasn't accepted the gift of God's gracious love, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice upon the cross for the atonement of your sins. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? If it's you, is now, now is the time to lay your sins at the foot of the cross. Confess your need for a Savior and turn the will of your life over to him. If so, just, just raise your hand. I would like to pray for you. Maybe there are some of you who have received the gift, but realize you've had it on the shelf for a while. I want to ask our Lord for forgiveness. I want to pray for you also. Or maybe there are some of you who, like me, just want to seek God's guidance on how best to tend his garden 
to His glory. Heavenly Father, giver of all good and perfect gifts, we thank You for the greatest gift of all, the atoning sacrifice of Your Son Jesus on the cross on our behalf. A gift none of us deserve, but You freely give out of love for us. Father, forgive us for when we set Your precious gift aside. Father, may Your Holy Spirit continue to guide and direct us in tending Your garden to bring You glory. In the matchless name of Your Son, Jesus, amen.